You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. We continue with the 49er talk as Shamari Block just crushes a Gatorade. Bang that thing over your head. Oh, no. You got to crush it. You got to crush it in. But it's not a can, man. See, there's a secret. There's a secret to crushing a can on the forehead, by the way. And it's as it makes impact with your forehead, you kind of squeeze the can at the top. And that allows it, man. If you just try to just put it straight in your forehead, you're going you're gonna to wind up with a ring on your head. It's a thing. So, you know, from time to time, we like to recognize some of the young writers and some of the, the young journalists, whether it's somebody covering the Giants, the Warriors, or the San Francisco 49ers, as in the case with our, our next guest, as we shine a light on the, the younger generation that wants to get into journalism and making an impact. And let's bring in our man from the 49ers Red Zone podcast. I'm going to begin things with the first name, Rohan. Rohan, are you there? I am. How are you guys doing? We're doing really well, but I want you to give correct pronunciation of your last name because I've been saying it correctly. Shamari's been butchering it, so could you just please help Shamari on the correct pronunciation? All right, so for Shamari and Shamari only, my <laughs> name is Rohan Chakravarti. 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 Perfect. Okay, yeah. Is there any nicknames they call you Rohan Chucky? Yeah, I mean, that works for me. <laughs> that I can do. All right, Rohan, you were at the game last night, and of course, preseason number one. What jumped out at you when you think uh, Trey Lance, what did he do well, what did he not do well, or was it all just, you know, simply as good as it gets when it comes to Trey Lance? Right. So, I mean, I was there at the game, and then the first thought to me was, are the 49ers going to trot out their entire offensive starting unit to help Trey Lance in his first kind of game experience, trying to get him acclimated to the NFL environment? I was surprised. A lot of the offensive starters did not play. You talk about Elijah Mitchell, the top two receivers, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk didn't play as well. So it was a, like a, a somewhat of a, a newer offense for Trey Lance. And so that's why I was really impressed with the way that he commanded the offense in the 11 plays that he played. He obviously uh, went 4 or 5, 92 yards, the touchdown pass to Danny Gray for 76 yards. And I thought, you know, the array of passes is what was important to me. He was able to complete the pass deep to Danny Gray, hitting him on the money. Some people thought it was late. I actually thought because he stepped up in the pocket to avoid the pressure and made the throw, I thought that throw was on time and a good look from Trey Lance. And overall, you saw the throws to the outside of the numbers. You you saw the throws on play action. You saw it to kind of, in a way, you saw a little glimpse of what could come from the 49ers quarterback position. And the most important thing, you also saw him with his wheels. He took off for that eight-yard run, and he slid for what he said was the first time in his career. 
So good overall performance from Trey Lance yesterday. <laughs> Rohan, so you mentioned the good. What about the bad and the ugly? What are some things that you saw from Trey Lance that maybe caused maybe just the teeniest bit of concern? Right. And, I mean, it is hard to nitpick from the 11 snaps. I'll point to one throw necessarily. Um, there has been a debate about it on Twitter. There was a, It was a throw. He is only in completion to Danny Gray. Now, I thought the timing on the throw was fine. He threw it right as Gray was coming out of his break. I just thought it was a tad bit wide. And the reason that you can say teeny tiny concern isn't necessarily about that one throw, but it's about training camp. I was there every day at training camp, and one thing that you saw that Trey Lance kind of struggled with on a consistent basis was hitting throws outside of the numbers. And so when you attribute that throw yesterday to the throws that he's consistently kind of missed at times in training camp, you're like, well, is this something that is going to be a consistent issue, or how is he going to develop it? Now, me personally, I think that once he gets truly acclimated with his receivers, because it might have just been a timing issue with his receiver uh, as to where, because at that point he's thrown to a spot. And I think when it, when he really gets acclimated with the receivers who are all coming back, especially Debo Samuel following his contract extension, I think that those issues are going to hash itself out. So much concern, by the way, we're talking to Rohan Chuck Ravarthi here on 95.7 The Game. So much concern about that offensive line, and obviously it's somewhat patchwork, for lack of a better word. How do you think they held up? And what about some of the, the new additions on that line? Yeah, so, I mean, yesterday I think the offensive line was a bit shaky, especially the backups. You talk about the backup tackles. Uh, Justin Skill had a bit of a rough day, gave up. A uh, couple of pressures at the right tackle position, and overall, really, I thought the offensive line uh, had like its up and down moments. Colton McKivitt sometimes gave up a pressure or two, and I know that Spencer Burford was charted with five pressures. But when you talk about the the new guys, specifically on the interior, I honestly thought Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, and Jake Brendel did a fine job. Uh, Banks and Brendel had a couple of plays where you see the protection was clearly there, and them two are finally starting to kind of work in cohesion with each other, which hadn't necessarily been always the case during training camp, where they're able to shed from one block and or shed from one player, go to the next, and make sure that nobody gets into the backfield. But I think that Burford as well is going to be a very special talent, just based off the initial look, based off the eye test. And this is something that I think is going to have to continue to be a work in progress just because the 49ers right now don't have their starting offensive line out because the young guards, they're going to be helped by uh, not having to face pressure from the tackles because they can understand the starting tackles can do their job to a good capacity, especially Trent Williams, of course. And so they can focus on their jobs when those two are out there. But yesterday, obviously a bit of a newer uh, unit, Colton McKivitz being at left tackle. He had switched from left to right in camp. And then uh, Mike McGlinchey going out, after, I believe, after one series. So there was some, uh, some newer parts, especially at center, which was rotating. And so I'm not too worried overall about the offensive line, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that they had a good performance history. Hey, Rohan, so yesterday the Niners had three interceptions, all thrown by Jordan Love. Now, Samuel Womack III had two of them. How much would you attribute the success to the secondary play, and, and how much would you put on Jordan Love not being good? So I, I'd honestly put it more towards the secondary, and also not Jordan Love not being good, 
but more so his receivers failing to catch passes. We saw a bit of a drop issue with the with the Green Bay receivers and our secondary, our backup secondary, especially with Samuel Womack, who ran with the twos yesterday, was good. Both of Womack's interceptions were on fairly solid coverage plays. The second one was his best one, uh, where he was essentially tailing the corner, had inside leverage, and really ran the receiver's route for him, intercepting a pass, which was a bit off target, but not necessarily a terrible pass entirely. And then the first one where he just outmuscled Romeo Dobbs, one of the better uh, Green Bay receivers, especially coming out of camp. That's just a great sign to see from Sam Womack. And I think Love struggled with accuracy at times. Uh, but overall, I attribute it more to the gold, uh, sorry, the 49ers' success with the secondary, uh, especially because players like Samuel Womack stood out yesterday. Because you also did see some good moments where the 49ers were beat. But Samuel Womack, for sure, great performance. And, uh, I mean, three interceptions, that's a good start after uh, not many interceptions last year. Rohan Chuck Ravarthi from 49ers Red Zone. We appreciate the time this evening or this afternoon, I should say. And let's let's catch up again. As I understand, as we talked about, we'd like to highlight some of the young, aspiring journalists in the world today, especially here in the Bay Area. Did you you recently graduated from somewhere? Can you detail that a little bit? Yes, sir. I did recently graduate from high school, uh, and I will be attending university this fall. I appreciate both of you. Thank you guys, uh, obviously, for having me on, and have a great day. Wait, you can't leave us hanging now. Where are you going to school, my man? I'm going to University of Wisconsin. You're going all Badgers. the way. Wow. All right. All right. Hey, hey, big Big Ten football, man. Now, why That's are you leaving the Bay Area and throwing on the long johns and hanging out there, you know, ice fishing for a living? What's going on with you? Why, why Wisconsin? Which is, by the way, a brilliant school. They call that, by the way, the Cal of the Midwest. That's interesting, and really, it was an it was a number of factor. Obviously, the school I thought was great. Thought the culture fit was good, and I thought, I mean, Big Ten sports, like uh, like Shamari said, it Big Ten sports. It's going to be fun uh, there if uh, you know if I end up covering some Wisconsin sports on top of uh, what I currently do. So it's going to be yeah. I think the overall experience was what really attracted me there. Who knows where we end up uh, a little bit in the future? But as of now, I'm uh, excited to go there. Will you check in with us and let us know what's going on with the Badgers and just keep us surprised as we continue to chart your career. We appreciate the time, my man, and don't forget to keep us in the loop. Thank you, man. Have a good day. That is Rohan Chuck Barthi. Chuck Ravarthi? Yeah. Got it. You got it. That's how you say it. The, the second time. Not the I, first. I noticed that you just stayed away from it entirely and just went Rohan. Yeah. So you, I, I called I called college baseball when I was at Solana Community College. Also, I called college baseball when I was at uh, Cal State's Bay. Okay. And I spent, like, before every game, I went down the list of names. And I'm like, I, I went to the players individually anytime I could. How do you pronounce this? Okay. And... Uh, I am, I am, listen, when your name is Shamari Hassani Block, okay, and you show up to the first day of school for 12 consecutive years, and you get your name mispronounced, first day of school, every time, every time, you, you, you kind of, you got to just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to back off. Let me, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How would you pronounce the following word? E-W-A Beach. Ubach. No, E-W-A, mm -hmm. one word. The next word, beach. How would you pronounce the EWA? I'm just, it's not a trick question. Oh, okay. I, I was picturing one word, okay? Uh, <laughs> you, 
Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. E-W-H? E-W-A. E-W-A is the first name, and, the, and then it's a beach. I would say Ewa. Ewa, right? Yeah, yeah. Cam, do you want to get in on this? Or Chris? E-W-A, how would you pronounce that? All right. Crickets. Yeah, Ewa. Ewa, okay. Yeah, this is, seems to be the popular consensus. So, anyways, I... First of all, it's in Hawaii. Okay. And I said that, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I'm from there, but I've been gone a very long time. And I went back to begin my broadcasting career as a young, young, young man. And I was doing... I'm getting something in my ear. I'm getting some feedback. So somebody's got to... Yeah, no, I got, I got it too. It sounds like right. a, it sounds like somebody's enjoying a, a game there. I don't so, know. But, so yeah. I'm doing a baseball game, and I'm like, well, welcome to Iwa Beach. No, oh, oh. but this is the name of a place. Well, Iwa Beach in Hawaii is actually, I was almost disowned by my family. Because it's called Eva. Eva Beach. Eva, Eva, Eva. With the, with the B? Yeah, it's Eva, and it's not E. It's Eva. And I am telling you, it was the most... You would have thought that I mispronounced <laughs> the most obvious name. It, it was like the most insulting thing, not only I did to my family, because it's always when you go on the air in Hawaii, the one thing they tell you... Don't don't insult the family. Don't insult the family. Don't just remember that. We don't care where you go in your career. Don't insult the family. Don't insult the family. It's called the Ohana. You never go there. Mm -hmm. And they just wanted to disown me. They almost like put me on a raft and said, "Go to Cook Island and live there for the rest of your life." We have to disown you now. Shaka brada. Goodbye. <laughs> because I said, "Well, today at Iwa Beach, it's Little League baseball." Oh my goodness! You would have thought that it was it's Eva. Ever, ever, ever. I mean, I, I, I feel you. I feel you, and I hear you. Except for this, though. Okay, just that's a thing. Like nobody said ever before. Like how long? How long were you on the island before you you're making this announcement? Because I'm just like somebody that is someone's name is understandable. The name of a place that's that's hits different, man. Yeah, but I'm thought of as as local, man, and these yeah. are my family. Well, no, but, no, and... no, no, but that that's my point though is that I I feel it's I feel it is more egregious to mispronounce the name of a physical place where you're standing yeah. on than a random name, man. Just think just... if you came back and you're taught you're doing a podcast and it's all about your hometown mm -hmm. and people are into it, you're giving some local you know, some local shout outs. Man. And then you say, yeah, I love it out here in Vallejo. Yeah. No, it, I, that's what I'm saying, though. That is a little bit, little bit more egregious. But, you know, I mean, you, li you live. World you Series learn. champs, by the way. Thank you, Text Line. Exactly. Wait, this year or no, no, in no, the past? No, no, no. Back in the day. They are. It's a, it's a dynasty. Closest thing you're going to see to a little Wait, league. Was, it, was that Danny Almonte? Was that, was that the Danny, Danny, Danny Almonte year? That's, that's <laughs> New York, man. That's, no, 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 I'm saying, was it the Danny Almonte? The only little league, literally, world. World Series I remember and will ever remember is Danny Almonte, man. Danny Almonte is like, you know, play, pitching in the League World Series it's, and then getting like into 30, a car yeah, and driving home. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, he's actually 30, man. Oh, I man. apologize once again to everybody out on the islands. Ever, ever, ever. My apologies. My so, apologies. So is that a German thing? Because I know that Germans no, just, mix the V and yeah, the W. No, no, come on, man. Which, 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 which oh, was thing from Germany. Ain't no Germans in Hawaii. Well, Germans are everywhere, no, man. But, but, but the the V to the W <laughs> thing, like the, like I have a friend who's German, and he 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 doesn't say why, no, he'll I say know. Wein, you yeah. know, Volkswagen. Yeah. 
that's that's the thing. Like VW, the Volkswagen, right? It's like, wait, which which do you, do you? Yeah. Anyway, no. So when when I see the V is pronounces a W pronounces a V, I instantly think German. German, which by the way has all the best composers when it comes to concertos and it comes to symphonies. You know, yeah, you, you ever the, you the, ever trip the, off the Ludwig von Beethoven? You ever trip off the Axis powers make the best cars? Yeah. <laughs> wait, G- Germany. Italy, Korea, and, isn't it? and Japan. And Japan okay. the, 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 like, no, no. Think about Italian cars, Lamborghinis, and all that stuff. Then, then Germany, you have Porsches, Mercedes, and then obviously Japan. They make the Hondas, the Toyotas. Like the Axis powers make the best cars. How do they ever lose to the Allies, man? Like you know, of the, like think about that. Volkswagen. I'm sorry. Like like Mercedes Benz maker, Lamborghini maker, and and Toyota maker lost to the people that make the Ford. And the freaking uh, uh, what's that one? What's the little little one? The little mini, the mini Cooper, okay? Yeah, like that. That's that's who they lost to. I mean, I, listen, I'm glad I'm glad the Allies won. I'm just saying. By the way, they're <laughs> saying the W is pronounced V in Hawaiian too. That's that can't be true because I got family and friends. Why Wai- from Waikiki, not Waikiki? Why Manalo? Yeah. Why and I? So no, there's there's no truth in it. But nice try, anyway. Mm. Well, we were talking about uh, what were we? Oh, we're talking about. We were talking about, we were talking about uh, uh, a young Rohan. We were talking about Rohan, the Niners, off man. To Wisconsin, yeah. Going off big, like I said, big. T- listen, Big Ten slash Big Twelve country or uh, Pac Twelve country. Yeah. Well, no. Listen, if you want to cover sports, it's a different world. Co- no, and yeah. you're going to college. You go to either Big Ten country yeah, right. or you go to SEC country, and you cover it. You're on there, and then. Yeah, you're bound to blow up, man. You know, if you're good, if you're good, you're gonna have opportunity. Yeah, when you talk about Madison, Wisconsin, and like football, when, man. I, when I was calling, my, when I was calling college gangs for the Solano Community College Falcons, man. Okay, I knew no one would ever discover me there. Okay, I just. But if, if you're calling games for the Wisconsin Badgers or something like on the local on the local school thing, you, you got a thing, man. Yeah. So, were you, is that what you wanted to get into? Was play by play? That's what led me on the road, the road to the radio. Yeah. Then I did play by play, and I'm like, okay, you're, oh, you might be okay at this one day. Do you have a play, <laughs> favorite play by play locally here in San Francisco? John John Miller. Oh, John Miller. Absolutely. I, right. <laughs> easy, that easy, easy, man. That was easy. No, they're like so. My influences for broadcasting, the people that that inspired me and said, man, I want to do what they do because they're dope at it and they make it dope for me. Like their unique thing they do enhances my enjoyment of sports, right? And it's John Miller, Mike Kruko, Stuart Scott, Gus Johnson, Chris, Chris Berman, and there's a couple more. There's a couple more, man. But, but in terms of just Pure play, play, play by play. R.I.P. Vince Scully. He was great. I just I, I didn't hear him as much as I heard. I heard John Miller, Miller's. Um, I heard his Vince Scully impersonation more oh. than I actually heard Vince Scully. Farmer John, it's good. Yeah, it really. By the is. way, so we're getting. A, I got to do this for the Hawaiian part of me in <laughs> in my bloodlines here. So apparently, the correction is that when the W is is in the word itself, it becomes pronounced with a V. Right, like Hawaii is Hawaii is the uh-huh. correct pronunciation. Really? Okay, I never. Yeah, that. yeah, Hawaii is Hawaii. If you really want to, you know, if you're ever single again and you meet a nice local, don't say, you know, it's cool out here in Hawaii. <laughs> say, I like it here in Hawaii. Okay, I like it. Um, so yeah, that's 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 worth noting. What do we got, Chris? Oh, we got some breaking news, guys. Our very own Sam Lubman landed the Buster Posey bobblehead. Congratulations, 
So Buster Posey bobblehead. He got a choice of Marco Scudero or Hunter Pence, and he goes Buster Posey. To me, I'm going Scudero because everyone I, wants Buster Posey. I'm going Scudero too because the, the again the seminal moment of of that season was game that last game before they went to the World Series and they, the game's locked. It starts raining in Oracle Park at that point called AT&T Park and Marco Scudero is sitting there in the infield arms that. extended like I'll never forget I want that poster and I and I actually looked it up and I spent a good amount of time looking up the poster and nobody has the the no one has stylized it the way I want to do it. Like I saw pictures of it, then I saw arts, art artists like you know, rendering of it or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's almost what I want. But I want something very like clean, with with uh, black and white, like minimal lines. Like I want a minimalist depiction of that, where you can still tell it's Marco Scudero. And I'm hanging that thing up somewhere in my apartment. I don't have that much space left on my walls. So congratulations to Sam Lubman. And that's what happens when you leave the house seven hours before a game. You get, Sam you, Lubbin you get, gets, <laughs> you get your choice of bobbleheads. The early bird gets the Buster Posey. By the way, I don't know of a bobblehead that has actually been an accurate representation of the player. They did a bobblehead of me once. It was, seriously, I was like, please get that. <laughs> Take all those that you, you made and, like, let's hide them. I look like, you know, Jackie Chan who got beat up by somebody. I have a I have a, a Tim Tim Hardaway bobblehead. It's pretty legit. It looks like Tim Hardaway because it never looks like the player. It's pretty, it's pretty legit. Okay. Yeah. I, I, my, my grandmother who was she was a Sam Lubbin level Giants fan. Okay, and her her collections of bobbleheads would take up a whole dresser. And she had a Barry Bonds one that you know they had the earring, they had the beard. It, it was Barry Bonds. So Sam Lubbin, he's hilarious, also, man. also, the head size relative to his body was also accurate. Our star producer of, uh, of course, both 95.7 The Game and The Morning Roast, but also uh, Garlic fly, Fries and Baseball Guys doing well, that well, with Jim well, when, I, when I first started, it was, when I first started, it would be me, Sam, and Craig, and then like you, Kyle or whoever, it's like you. Like, and, then, and then Sam moved on up to The Morning Show, and he, he doesn't talk to us weekend people that often anymore. So it was nice. It was nice to hear from Sam. He's all Hollywood up with the with the morning roast now. And he's at that baseball game, which still doesn't start for a couple of hours now. But he got what it is that he's looking for. And then in a matter of half an hour, the ceremonies began with 2012 and the San Francisco Giants being reunited. And then, you know, that's about the extent of the happiness because this team was not going to the playoffs. That's the other problem is that simply because they, they fell victim to the new structure where everybody's got a chance to go to the playoffs and the Giants actually bought into that stupidity at the trade deadline instead of unloading the guys that they should have. The 707 on the Comcast business text line, I have a Jimmy G bobblehead. Uh -oh. Want to trade? Haven't had any takers yet. That thing is, I would hold on to that, man. <laughs> That's going to be worth something one day. If you want to go, if you want to scooter rule, go to eBay in three days. It will cost less than Posey. <laughs> <laughs> Free te Jimmy. Text line, text line has jokes, man. Yeah. All right. We continue here on 95.7 The Game. We'll continue with some, some NFL news concerning one Zach Wilson and, yes, revisiting the potential landing spot with a new team that surfaced for one Jimmy Garoppolo. Wait, also, one Hall of Famer like just dissed everybody in the Hall of Fame a couple days ago, and I kind of want to get into that a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about Deion Sanders next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. You know, the beauty of preseason football, it's you may see something that you'll never see again, including how often do we talk about punts and or punters? Oh, only when the guy at the other end catches it and runs to the house. Well, that didn't happen today with the Buffalo Bills in a preseason football game playing, being played as we speak. But Matt Areza, young kicker out of San Diego State. He's an Aztec. Mm-hmm. Same place that produced Tony Gwynn. At Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. Oh, yeah. Might be the most famous Aztec. Well, Tony Gwynn, definitely. But yeah, Marshall Falk, well, in Hall of Famer. Today, backed up. Inside his own 10, got off the left-footed kicker trying to make the football team with Buffalo an 82-yard punt. Okay, so and it was just, legit 82. I was just saying, did it roll 20 yards? Yeah, he got I haven't roll. seen it. He yeah. got, it was a touchback. So he goes from his own inside his own 10 yeah. for a touchback. So 82 yards is the net. That ain't bad. If, if he does that. For the rest of his career, he'll he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Well, the thing is, though, special teams guy will tell you oftentimes, more often than not, it's not necessarily about the they would sacrifice the distance, hang time, hang time, and placement. Here's the deal: you want to get that thing out in the red zone. If you can be one of those guys that can knock it out inside the ten, inside the fifteen, that's that's how you get paid. Well, see, but the guys that get paid are the guys that can. Yeah, if you're at midfield. Pin you inside the ten, right? But when is the most? When is the most? You can flip field position. Yeah. If you can punt from your own twenty and get a touchback, you're you're flipping field position in a real way. So I, I, I listen. 
if that dude, if, if he can do that consistently, right? If we got three and out at our 20 and he can do that consistently, I don't care if he can cough and corner it, okay? It's just get us out of this jam. Our quarterback just went three and out. Get us out of this jam. Text line, Andy Lee, shout out. Big difference maker back in the day. Andy Lee, number four, man. One of the best. Pro bowler, multiple time pro bowler. I remember Andy Lee. Remember the game where Favre came back for the Vikings and he was and he had that last second touchdown like i'll never forget this man i was like oh man you know whatever i said we have our number four we have andy lee and, and sure enough andy lee hell of a punt Favre had to start from inside his like own 15 or something after the andy lee punt of course he went down and scored a touchdown but i was even like no we got our number four our number four is andy lee and he's our secret weapon by the way i i i i don't know how good mitch wishnowski really really is but like, if you saw his combine numbers, I just love that there's a there's a, a punter that a that a is an athlete like that. But b man, like he he played Australian rules football, and in his first couple of seasons as a rookie, he would run down on kick coverage and hit people. You remember that? Oh, I do. So Kawhi Leonard is we overlooked at it when we were talking about San Diego State. I, I'm still taking Marshall Falk. I, uh, listen, Kawhi Leonard's great. I'm still taking Marshall Falk as a bigger deal. By the way. Raquel Welch out of San Diego State. No idea. Again, um, Marshall Falk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so as we talk about, well, listen, special teams, we saw it a year ago with the 49ers, was so bad. Lost them games and field position. Like, you cannot put a price on how important that but is. But it also won them a game. Yeah, at the end, ga- it got much game, better. A game that they should not have won. And the block punt. At all. But they had a block punt and a block field goal. So the block punt led to the touchdown, right? Yeah. But the block field goal led to a three-point loss. You game know what I'm saying? Game-winning field goal. So it was it was a ten-point swing in what turned out to be a, a what a three-point victory. Who's the greatest punter? You know they talk about Ray, Ray Guy. Guy yeah, back I was going to say that's Ray what everybody says. Ridiculous man, hang time and distance. Wait, there was somebody in Reggie after Roby. Andy Lee. Remember Reggie Roby? I do remember. I do remember Reggie Roby. He wore a wristwatch. <laughs> he had on a watch while he was punted. I was like, is that for his hang time? I don't know. Is that illegal? Mar- Marquette King led. Marquette the, King. He led the NFL in net yards for a couple of seasons. And he had attitude too. He's remember been that? out of the league. He's been out of the league. I don't know. He's been out of the league, man. Mar- yeah. Marquette King. He was like get on tackles, and he was the one dude who he was literally dancing. I mean, he's like punters aren't supposed to dance, and then. Pat McAfee was another guy that gave it some attitude. So I, I don't know that there's ever going to be Who's the best field goal kicker for the 49ers? Well, they had Gary Anderson for a, for like a yeah, season or two. Yeah, but Gary Anderson's New Orleans Saints. If I was to play no, that's teams. Morton. That's Morton. Oh. Gary, Gary was the other. Oh, so Gary, Morton, that's right. Gary Anderson, he didn't have Morton's epic leg, but he he had like his career. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What's, what's the kid's name in... Justin Tucker. Oh, that dude doesn't miss. I mean, I'll be honest, man. Like, I, all respect due to the greats, and I'm I'm a dude who's usually like I'm gonna air towards the past guys. Justin Tucker might be the great, he might the greatest kicker ever. Might be playing right now. You know, he's like a soprano. He's a, he can sing. He has like an opera voice, dude. He's what, but a soprano. It's one thing to be able okay, to not sing. A, soprano. A, a, a tenor, a guy soprano, man. That's like that. Justin that's, Tucker. Yeah, I was gonna say he, he's up there approaching Mariah Carey. Uh, Mariah Carey. Then you know what? <laughs> sing, sings a talent. But Phil Dawson. He got twenty four mil. Who? Justin Tucker. Yeah, and he's, worth, he's worth every penny. Yeah. He's. You want to know what? You want to know what a good kicker gets you? Highest paid kicker. You want to know what a good kicker gets 17. you? Seventeen point five guaranteed. 
11.5 signing bonus. Wow. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had Mike Vanderjag, and Tom Brady had. Oh my God! I just had his name, and I lost it right before I could say Vanderjag. No, 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 no. Tom, oh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's kicker was. We're, oh, was the uh, Vendetti? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and let and a few of those matchups between Brady and Manning came down to the kicker. And Vanderjag, he ain't no Vinatieri, okay? So if you want to know what the value of a good kicker is, just think of what Vinatieri, I don't know that he is Justin Tucker's equal in terms of overall talent, but if my life was on the line, it's like someone needs to make a field goal or you die, I'm going Vinatieri. I am. In these Ray, parts, Ray, Ray Wershing. Ray Wershing. They put Walshing, but yeah, Ray Wershing. Ray Wershing was, was the guy. Back in the day, you know, he was a niner. You ever hear the stories that he would not look up? I read this. He would not look up, apparently, at the goalposts. You know, obviously, guys get out there and they measure, they look at the goalposts, they look at their distance, they walk off their steps. He would never, ever look at the goalposts when he came out on the field. He would use the way he gauged where the ball had to go. Was he would look at the hash marks. I was going to say the hash marks line up perfectly with the goalposts. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd look at the hash marks, and Joe Montana had to be his holder. He was super suspicious. Never looked at the goalposts. Joe Montana had to be the holder, and he'd walk onto the field and he'd hit Joe twice on the on the shoulder pads and say, "Pick me up, Joe. Pick me up, Joe." That's he would do that every single time, and the dude never missed. He had a weird sort of way of doing things. I believe he was a Cal Bear. I mean, listen, man, kickers. Giggers are different people. They just are. Do you remember Sebastian Janikowski and his, uh, that that body that he had out there? That was a ra- he was people. a ra- he, sh- he was like fifteen years too late. He was a Raider should have been drinking to the bars. <laughs> Ricky Hyatt House was Stabler and Wade Ritchie. Man, good call. I was trying to was like, wait, who was before? Who was before Andy Lee? And it was Wade Ritchie. Man, was the punter. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. no, you, you're getting it before me. So yeah. yeah, that is a good call. Wade Ritchie, man, he was legit. Like the, the Niners have actually had pretty good punting. They've, they have over the past, and 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 there is bad punting. There okay. is. We haven't experienced it, but I've seen it though, man. Oh my god. I'm trying to think, but but yeah. kick, kickers are they're off. I mean, the, remember the gold. I think is going to go down as one of the best. I mean, kickers. I think he made his name out in Chicago, obviously. But what he's done with San Francisco. Has been, I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the highest paid kickers as well. Okay, well, wait, wait. So I know that so, I think someone recently broke the longest field goal record, okay? Jason Elam. Jason Elam had a 63 yard field goal up at Mile High Denver, Stadium. Yes, of course. I was, I was watching that game, man. Probably that was like the boy. coolest thing ever, man. Jason Elam. I don't know how great he was, but he did hit that 63 yarder and he held that record up until relatively recently. And I think it was Justin Tucker that broke it. Yeah, you're right. I think I, I, this is all. This is all based off memory. I, I just know. I'll tell you this much: Justin Tucker was my fantasy kicker last year, and sometimes he scored more points than like my quarterback. And, and, and not that my quarterback sucked. It's just that sixty-four yards, sixty-four yards. So yeah. Elon was sixty-three. Justin Tucker did sixty-four like two years ago, right? Okay, wait a minute. So um, was sixty-four. Jason Elam. Well, 64 had to be Elam because the, the record prior to that was 63. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. Uh, Looks like we got 66 yards by Justin Tucker. Yeah, last 66. Year. Ooh, that's yeah. a bad boy. Against the line. That is a bad boy, man. 66 <laughs> yards? Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Chris, was, was, this, was this at elevation? 
No. This is at sea level, right? It's against the Lions on September 26th. Yeah, that, that's in Detroit. Oh, but he's playing inside, though. I don't know. Do you detract points? No, no. I mean, man, a little bit, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're outside, you can get assisted by the wind, right? Yeah. So someone can get 67 yards with the wind at their back. Yeah. He did it neutral. No, I'm saying that's legit. I'm saying that's more legit. Way more legit than if he would have did it mile high outside. I want to say the 63-yarder was by that guy who had a stump for a foot. Ooh. I'm going to look it up. You know you know what I saw? Jim McMahon, the, the, the great, if you will, the great Bears quarterback, 85 Bears, Super Bowl shuffle, that guy. He could kick, and I don't know if he could still do it, but long after he retired, he could drop kick a field goal from about 40 yards out. Now, if you don't know what a drop kick is, I'm going to explain it to you. So the rules for a field goal, so a punt can't hit the ground. A field goal, the ball has to hit the ground, and then you can kick it. So you catch the ball, you put it on the ground, someone holds it so that you know you can get a good kick at it. But if you wanted to, you could just drop the ball and then kick it, and that way no one could ever block it, right? So Jim McMahon, and this is the thing they used to do. This is the thing they used to do. A drop kick was the thing that used to happen. And Jim McMahon was is one of the last practitioners of it. I saw him on camera hit a 40-yard drop kick. Really? Yes. So prior to Jason Elam, mm-hmm. Tom Dempsey of the New Orleans Saints. Dempsey, he was a straight he was a he was a straight on kicker. Straight he was on a soccer kicker. kicker. Nine, he kicked a 63-yard game-winning field goal. It was the longest it he stood. He kicked a 63-yard like straight nine on. soccer. <laughs> what? But he did Here's the cat. I told you he had a stump for a foot, and I'm not trying to be cute here. Dempsey was born without toes on his right foot mm-hmm. and no fingers on his right hand. He wore a modified shoe with a flattened and enlarged toe surface. Mm-hmm. So the this this shoe was not was modified, and I yeah. think it gave an added yeah, advantage. Some extra lift, oh, absolutely, Clearly. man. Yeah. So 63 yards was. What happened to the barefoot kickers? Oh yeah, I don't know, man. That that's Tony Franklin. That's wacky, man. That's a wacky thing, man. I, oh, goodness gracious, the nine two five. There's a current punt punter who drop kicks it. So that's a, yeah, like look up the drop kick, man. It's it's a, like well, you literally. know what you don't see a lot of are Aussies. Aussies are sort of getting weaned out of the NFL too. M- Mitch Wisnowski's a Aussie. I know, yeah. but remember, like every kicker in the NFL that is true. had the wind up. <laughs> yeah, Wisnowski's one of the few I'd say right now. So yeah, a little bit, man. But you know, it, it, it's they're different dudes, man. All together, right? You come from Australia, you come from New Zealand. Then you know you, you got a different mindset, and, and I think they're, for instance, they play soccer everywhere, and they play rugby everywhere. But it's like the Aussies that are like, yeah, I'll strap on a, I'll strap on the gridiron there, and get out there. They just got that mind, they got that. Remember early in the show, I'm like, there is, I'm fast and I'm strong, and then there's, I like running into other human beings at full speed, <laughs> yeah. and. Before you even talk about athleticism, just that mindset of, hey, yeah, there goes the other person. How about I run into them and they run into me while we run at full speed? Like, like just that mindset, like that instantly eliminates, I don't know, I'd say 89% of the human population eliminated just because, and again, if you never had pads on, and it's not like you can't just tolerate contact, you have to enjoy it. You have to, you have to like that sound of your helmet cracking against somebody else's helmet. Yeah, there was some... There was a kicker that I wanted to highlight, and I completely lost my train of thought here. Um, not a uh, oh, 
Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm just say? reading the, the 650. Not a fan of the fourth round pick, which was Nowski. I haven't seen him put it within the five yard line ever. Fourth oh. round pick for a punter. That, that is some steep. That's a steep price to pay. So Sean Landetta, that's who I wanted to mention. Sean Landetta. He used to kick for the New York Giants. And so this dude was just a dumpy punter. He was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. But he kicked with the New York Giants. I remember this guy when I was growing up. And he was just, he looked like a punter. <laughs> Saggy butt, just sort of chunky, you know, small. He got, in New York City, the most attractive women, more than anybody else, the quarterback, any other player on that team. Look it up. Google Sean Landetta and Google Sean Landetta girlfriends. When he was an NFL football player, you would not believe the statuesque women that were running around with the punter of the New York Giants. It's New York. They they have a they have a like New York has a what's the word a like when you have more than you need like you have a they have a surplus of attractive people. New York and Los Angeles have a surplus of attractive people. So if you go out there and you're you're kind of run of the mill, it's like well God. Every, everybody out here is a 10. I know I'm a 6, but hey, <laughs> you, you kind of only end up with a 10 out there. New York City, if you got a little bit of paper and some fame. And Sean Lindetta certainly took full advantage of that. I'm sure, man. I mean, I, I guarantee you he wasn't he wasn't topping my man Jeter because, you know, apparently that dude. So, so you heard the story. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is true. But have Are you, you heard- watching the documentary, by the way? I'm going to watch it. Mainly because ESPN and Hulu keep throwing it in my face. Yeah. Like every time I go on the ESPN to stream anything, they're like, "You want to watch the captain?" I'm like, "Sure, fine, if you if you insist." But but you heard the story though. Have you ever heard the story that Derek Jeter had like a a gift basket ready for like hookups or whatever, and it was like a <laughs> like you know, it's like oh, here's a basket with you know like a freaking a cab ride. <laughs> Have you heard about that? No. So I heard a story that basically Derek Jeter had. On deck at all times, like a, a a parting basket for wayward, you know, hookups. You know, so it's like you wake up in the morning, Derek Jeter has a basket there, and it's like, and you know, you're getting the hell out, and you're leaving. That's what Tony Soprano used to do. He used to have this little. He, there used to be some sort of um, a piece of jewelry that he would give to women, and it was already <laughs> like the the letter was already written out, and these are for women he would never see again. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, and I don't mean to throw Chris Mullen under a bus, but. <laughs> I know a guy, a kid, who was a ball boy back in the day, and he was with the Golden State Warriors, and he would send half of his time. What it is that he would do is that he would take a little message from Chris Mullen from the bench, and he would run it to an attractive woman in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Will Chamberlain said 3,000, right? And if you think about... That's impossible. Listen, think about it, okay? And if, if you literally There's 365 if, days in the year. Yeah, but if you're Wilt Chamberlain, you're playing 80 basketball games a season, right? Okay? 3,000. Well, okay, you're playing 80 basketball games a season. Every night you go into the crowd, you pick one out. That's 82 per year, okay? Multiply that times 10 years. You're already at 800. <laughs> I'm just Will, saying, Will, Will, Will Chamberlain played. He played almost 20 years in the NBA. <laughs> You're already halfway to that 3,000, man. Listen. Listen. I think he could have pulled it off. I think I think he was. I don't think don't he was exaggerating. Don't you get to a certain point where you're Much. like at the end of your career and someone says, hey, there's this beautiful woman that wants to be with you tonight coming up to your hotel. And you're like, you know what? I just want a nice little book and a hot cup of tea. I mean, may, maybe me and maybe you because no, I'm with you, okay? I, but but like Will, how much sex can you have? But, but Will Chamberlain, man. You become he was, desensitized. That man was driven. <laughs> he was driven. <laughs> he was a very driven man. He, he had the drive to make it to the NBA. 
So no, if you're if you're with uh, Shamari Block and Dan DeVoe, we stop at like two hundred or something. Okay, uh, Will Chamberlain, he keeps <laughs> going all the way. Mark San Ramon, our last caller of the day to get in on kickers. What's up, Mark? Take us out hard, buddy. No pun intended. With yeah, you forgot about one of the greatest. He's a quarterback and a kicker. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you who it is. Did you say the name? I'm going to tell you. You ready? George Blanda. Uh, I was going to go Pat Summerall, but George oh, Blanda. Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking, I was like, wait, the Raider dude. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of, George Blanda, yeah. That's right. A good quarterback. How old was he till he, till he played there? Frank? He was he, like, I don't know, I think he played into his 50s. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> no, not his 50s. No, no, he played until he was like 50. Yeah. Wow. Like him and Gordy have. Like, listen, he wasn't Brady when he was 50, but he was still playing when he was 50. That's amazing stuff. That's right. How do we over? You got anything else? Mark. And that's it. I just want to say I enjoy your show. I listen to it every day. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Taking you out with some George Blanda knowledge. That, so. that, 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 that's got to be a Raiders fan, okay? Like a Raiders fan instantly, they're going to say, Ray Guy, George Blanda, it's going to come out. Did Will say, okay, the text line saying Will said 20,000. Yeah. I, I thought he said 3,000. No, no. Which I think honestly, the text line I'm is, like, that's a stretch, but you I know. think the text line's right. I, I still believe him. <laughs> I still believe Not him. Not 20,000, unless he was having sex when he was nine. Listen, okay, take that 82 thing times 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 10, and then just say 164, okay? Because he probably could have pulled two fans out every night also, okay? So 20,000 women, according to <laughs> the text line is right. According to Will, he slept with 20. 20,000 women. I guarantee you there's some... I've never even met or seen 20,000 women in my lifetime. I guarantee you some some lead singer of some band, and it's probably somebody you wouldn't suspect either, like some wholesome lead singer of like a, I don't know, a Christian band or something. Like, think about this. You're on the road 300 days out of the year, okay? Nobody's eclipsed 20,000. No, you are you are you're a you're the lead singer of a popular Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger is Mick not Jagger. Going, he's not going twenty grand. I, I guarantee you. I'll tell you this much: Mick Jagger was was doing three hundred a year. Okay, I I guarantee that. I'll tell you that much. I, I, you know, the only guy, maybe maybe that can get into Wilt's neighborhood in terms dude. of a lead singer. Dude. And you're talking about music, Rick James, <laughs> 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 the super freak, maybe. Rick James, man. See, here's the thing with Rick James is that you know he he uh you know he he was he his his time at the top wasn't long enough. Like he had it, when Rick James was on top of his game, he's on top of his game. But by, by the time the '90s hit, it's like, well, yeah, we don't really do the funk anymore. Like Mick Jagger was Mick Jagger. He's Jagger still probably he's, he's still going exactly still to this day. Yeah, that is amazing stuff. All right, we got to get out. For my man, Shamari Block, and of course, Cam and Chris, this is Dan Devon. Are you on tomorrow? What are you doing? I am not on tomorrow. I'm, gonna right. be, uh, I'm, I'm going to see Martha and Vallejo. That's right. Martha and Vallejo, shout out Clarence as well. The entire family, which by the way, apparently, if you were to call every day, Blocks, you could carry us for a good month and a half. And we could use you. No, uh, I, no six months. And, and that, that's, <laughs> again, right. that's not a Wilt Chamberlain exaggeration. <laughs> I got a different family member calling for six months. That'll do it for us. We hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, this is Dan Avon for Shamari Blocks saying good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 